Good evening. Today we'll be studying the 17th chapter of Hilchot Ishut. And this chapter will deal with the collection of uh, the Ketuvah with a third party involved and the selling of the Ketuvah. Hilchot Ishut Perik Yod Zayin. Mishaya Nasui Nashim Rabot Vamet. If an individual died after having been married to multiple women, whichever one of his wives was married first has the right to collect the ketuvah first. And n- none of the wives at all may collect uh, whatever they're due from the ketuvah unless they do a shavuah. And the wives who are married last are entitled to collect only what is left over from those women who are married who are married before. And then they whichever and then those wives, those women can do the shivwa and collect whatever is left. So too, if there was a debt or a promissory note owed by the husband's uh, estate, so if the ketuvah, so get the same rule applies that if the ketuvah, um, sorry, if the promissory note was dated before the ketuvah. The note should be collected first. However, if the opposite were the case, and that the ketuvah was dated before the promissory note, the women collect whatever they're owed, and the um, debtor, uh, the person who is owed the money from the estate, shall collect after, if there is what to collect from. When does the above apply? This applies when the land from which the women and the creditor that want to collect was owed at the time he he married the woman and he took the loan. Because in such a situation, the law is such that whoever's document um, is dated first um, takes precedent, and that is what determines who collects first. However, if an individual married uh, a few women one after another and then borrowed money, whether before marrying the women or after, uh, and and then after marrying borrowed uh, the land, it should be should it the first um, sorry uh, everything is split equally, both whatever is owed to the debtor and whatever is owed to the women, because their liens. Both the lien on the land for the debtor and the lien on the ketuvah for the women took effect at the same time, because at the time, 
because at the time that he purchased the land, each woman um, established each. Yeah, sorry. At the time that he purchased the land, each party had a lien on it, and neither of them had precedence over the others. Halahagima. And again, this situation applies when uh, when the property taken is obviously sufficient to cover everything that's owed to all the parties. But we'll see in halakha, dalid, and he um, if the property is not enough uh, to cover everything that's owed to everyone else. Halakha giman. Vechenim haya zeman haketubot vashetarot kulam yom echad o sha'ahad bemakom shekotvin sha'ot holkin keechad she'em sham so too, that if all the ketuvot and the notes were dated on the same day or at a specific time, in a place that it is customary to include the time, obviously, of the document, it should be um, divided among all of them equally, and neither party has precedence over the other. That um, under any and under any and all circumstances, any whichever party uh, takes possession over a movable object that's mitaltilin, um, in order to uh, as payment rather for their debt or for the ketubah, um, the property cannot be expropriated or taken away from whoever. Um, took it and took control of it um, because no, no creditor has precedence over another in regards to metaltilin. If an individual divorced his wife at the time that he has that he owes somebody money, and the creditor and his divorcee come to collect what they're owed, if the husband has enough money um, or land to settle the debt and whatever he owes from the ketubah, the creditor um, takes the money and the divorcee collects the land um, that she is owed from the ketubah. If, however, the husband only has land um, that isn't sufficient uh, in a, that isn't that isn't sufficient in value to settle both debts uh, to settle both debts either to his debtor or his sorry to his creditor or his divorcee. Um, and neither one has a prior claim to the land, he gives the land to the creditor. And if um, there is um, some leftover in terms of value, for if some land is remaining after the settlement of the debt, it should be given to the divorcee. However, if, um, there, if nothing is left, the divorcee um, does not collect anything and is overrided by the creditor. 
שהרי בעל חוב הפסיד והוציא מעותה והאישה לא חסרה דבר, שיותר מהאיש רוצה לישא, אישה רוצה להינשא. Because the, in the, in the, re, the, the rationale behind why um, the creditor gets um, precedence over the divorcee in this case is because um, the creditor suffered a loss because he lent money to the husband. But the women, in contrast, did not lose anything because um, just as um, even though a man does desire to get married, a woman um, desires to be married much more than the man. So too, if a man dies leaving a widow and a creditor and land to which neither of them has precedence or claim over the land, the woman, uh, the woman um, is overrided by the creditor and he Um, collects whatever is owed to him uh, first. וכיוון שתיקנו הגאונים, שתגבה האישה ובעל חוב מן המיטלטלין, והדבר ידוע שאין דין קדימה במיטלטלין, אם לא הניח מיטלטלין כדי ליתן לשניהם, נותנים לבעל חוב כל חובו תחילה. ואם נשאר לאישה מה שתיטול בכתובתה, תיטול, ואם לאו, תידחה. And as we saw in the previous chapter uh, in Halakha uh, Zayin. Let me quickly read it. Um, second. Um, we read in the previous chapter that um, a woman should be collect her money from the Ketubah just Uh, from the Ketuvah from Mitatilin, just as a creditor can collect um, whatever is owed to him from Mitatilin. So because the Geonim established that a woman and a creditor can both collect from Mitatilin, which is again movable objects, um, if the husband didn't leave enough um, movable property Uh, for both of them to collect, the creditor um, collects whatever he is owed first. And if um, there's something left over from the, for the woman to collect for a kedubah, she can take whatever is, she can, whatever is left. But if nothing is left, then the woman um, is overrided by the creditor and she doesn't collect anything. Halachavav. Hayu... כותבים בכתובתה נכסי צאן ברזל, וטענה שעבדה או שלקחה מבעל, הרי היא בנכסי צאן ברזל שלה, כשאר בעלי חובות, ונשבעת שלא לקחה אותם ולא נתנה ולא מחלה, וחולקין עם בעל חובות. So quickly before um, we um, get into this halakha, uh, there are different types of assets in or property that a woman brings in to um, the marriage and to the household. One of them is called and that's property that the women again brings into the marriage and the husband is obligated himself to pay a fixed value for this property. And she, as a, and as we'll see in this halakha, 
this women uh, gives up something of value and is considered on a higher level of precedence um, than a normal woman for which did not come with any assets for which the husband had to um, obligate himself to pay into the marriage. So if Nichset um, Barzel were recorded in a women's ketubah and she claims that they were lost or taken by her husband, in regards to whatever the value of the Nichset Barzel is, a woman is regarded just as um, any other creditor. Therefore, she is required to take a shivu'ah that she did not take possession of the nichset ton barzel or give them away or forgo the obligation to her husband um, that he wouldn't have to pay them. And afterwards, uh, after she does the shivu'ah, she receives a share in the estate together like just like any other uh, creditor. Halachazayin. Mishemet when women who has many wives and dies or divorces them, when none of them have a claim of higher priority to his property than the others, and his holdings aren't sufficient in value to pay each of them the money due to their ketubah, um, how exactly do we divide this type of individual's assets and property? So we see that if his holdings are sufficiently valuable, that when divided equally, the wife with a ketubah of the least value would be given whatever she's owed, or if they are less valuable than that, all the wives divide their his holdings and his assets equally. Now, Rambam will give an example exactly to illustrate this in the next halacha. So if, however, his holdings are more valuable than um, whatever they're owed, it should be divided equally so that the women with the ketubah of the least value gets whatever she is owed and the remainder is divided among the remaining wives um, according to the same um, pattern of which that the women with the ketubah of the least value is paid off totally and then the rest is split. And Rambam here will give an example. Halachachet. So how exactly is this applied? If a man, women, sorry, if a man married four women and the ketubah of the first one is 400 and the second one is worth 300 and the third one is worth 200 and the fourth one is worth 100 and the total sum is 1000 and he either divorced all of them or died if um, what his total assets and holdings are 400 or less everything is split evenly and each one of the women collect either 100 or less again divided equally depending on 
however much he has. אם תחלק בין כולן בשווה, נמצאת הרביעית נותנת 200, והרי אין בכתובתה אלא 100. So if however uh, this an individual has assets worth 800, um, and you wouldn't really be able to divide them equally, because if they would be divided equally, the fourth, um, the fourth wife would only get 200, um, when where while her um ketuva is only valued at 100 and um yes yes and now Hanabam will explain exactly how the split is done ella ketzad osin lokhin arba me'ot zuz ve'chulkin otan benehen beshave me'a me'a ve'nimtsa ve'nimtsat harvi'it natela kede ketubata ve'alchala נשאר כאן ארבע מאות זוז ושלוש נשים, שביד כל אחת משלושתן מאזוז. אם תחלוק הארבע מאות בין שלושתן בשווה, נמצא שלישית נוטלת מאתיים, ושלישית ושלוש ושליש, והרי אין בכתובתה אלא מאתיים, ולפיכך לוקחים מארבע המאות שלוש מאות, וחולקים בין שלושתן בשווה, שנמצאת השלישית שנטלה מאתיים שלה, והלכה לה. נמצא כאן מאה ושתי כאן מאה ושתי נשים, חולקים את המאה בשווה בין ראשונה ושנייה, נמצא ביד הראשונה 250, וכן ביד השנייה, ונמצא ביד השלישית 200, ובין הרביעית 100, ועל דרך זה חולקות לעולם, אפילו הן 100. So exactly how do we do the split in this case? Um, 400 zoos, let's say 400 is set aside and divided equally, each one of the wives was receiving 100, therefore, the final wife, the fourth, fourth wife, received her total amount, the total amount that is due to her, which was 100, and then she is um, satisfied and she goes away. Then there are, then 400, um, are, 400 is left for three wives, each of whom had already received 100, 100. If the 400 would be divided equally among the three, it wouldn't be fair because the third wife re would receive 233, while her ketuva was only worth 200. Therefore, 300 is separated from the total pool of 400, and that is divided equally among the three. Therefore, the third wife would receive her 200 zoos that she is owed, and then she is put aside and satisfied and goes away. Then, now we find that there are two wives and 100 zoos left. So this total is divided equally between the first and second. We find that the first and second wife each received 250 zoos, the third wife received 200, and the fourth wife received 100. And this type of allocation and division is followed even when there are 100 uh, women involved. Now, the Ra'avad um, differs from Harambam's approach and follows um, the view that um, Harambam cited initially, that the money should be divided proportionally, um, but it, Harambam's um, Pesach is followed by most other Rishonim, such as the Rashi, um, the Rashba, and um, Maran Shulchan Aruch um, is Posek like Harambam. Halacha <laughs> Yod.
הערב לאישה בכתובתה. אף על פי שקנו מידו, אין הוא חייב לשלם. שמצווה עשה, והרי לא חסרה כלום. If an individual guaranteed the value of a woman's ketuba, he is not obligated to pay her in the event that, um, her, that the husband doesn't have enough money if he dies or divorces her. Because he did, as he did a mitzvah, and she did not lose out on um, anything. Now, the Gemara in Masechet Baba Batra explains that um, this type of guarantee is, and this guarantor is not really serious about his commitment. Rather, he feels that um, it seems that this couple only needs a small push to get married and that his intent is um, only to push them to get married and not to make a serious uh, financial commitment. ואם ערב של כתובת בנו הוא, וקנו מידו, חייב לשלם. שהאב בגלל בנו משעבד עצמו וגומר ומקנה. However, if an individual guarantees the כתובה of his son and um, affirms his, uh, his, um, his obligation um, with some type of contract or transaction of some sort, he must, in this case, uh, he is obligated to pay the ketuvah because a father will be serious, uh, serious about making a financial commitment for his son uh, on, uh, for his son to get married. The kablan shel ketuvah hayav l'shalem af alpi shelokhanu miyado and a kablan of a ketuvah um, is, however, obligated um, to pay, even though he did not um, have some type of transaction or some or a type of um, contractual act of some sort, and we'll explain exactly what a kablan is right now. Ve'ezehu kablan zeshamar laisha hanisi laze va'ani noten ketuba zot. The definition of kablan of a kablan is the following. An individual who tells a woman, marry this person, and I will give you his ketubah, and I will give you the money for his ketubah. Aval im amarla hareni arev ketubazo, ani porea ketubazo, ani hayavba, vechayotzebaze patur, ella imken haya aviv. However, if the individual told her, I am a guarantee for this ketubah, or I will pay you this, um, I will pay this ketubah, or I am obligated in paying this ketubah, or anything of this sort, um, he is exempt unless, again, as you mentioned, he is the father of the groom. Hamegaresh edishto hana'a, ואחר כך תיפרע כתובתה מן הקבלן או מאביו, אם היה ערב, שמא יחזירנה ונמצאו עושים קנוניה על נכסיו של זה. So if an individual, when an individual divorces his wife, for whom a כתובה was done with this 
kablan, he must first take um, a do it take a neder that she is forbidden um, to derive any benefit uh, from him, and only then can she collect the keturah from the kablan or from the father of the groom, if the father of the groom guaranteed it, because um, we suspect that the husband may remarry her and the two will have acquired um, property of the kablan or from the father um, through um, a basically through cheating him and we don't want um, any uh, and we do and we do not and we want to avoid this situation at all costs therefore we um, and a man who um, divorces his wife um, in one of such cases must um, undertake a vow that she's forbidden to derive benefit from him. And only then can she collect the ketubah from the kablana from the father. So too, an individual who um, designates his property as hekdesh or designates his property to the Beit HaMikdash, and divorced his wife, she, um, uh, he must take a vow that she is forbidden to derive any benefit from him, and only then can she collect the money due to her from the Ketuvah, from this individual, um, from this individual after he redeems it from the Hikdish. Because we suspect that um, the two of them might come to deceive um, money that is owed to the Beit HaMikdash. However, an individual who divorces his wife and she comes to collect money that is owed to her from the Kituvah, from um, property that was sold to purchasers or from clients that an individual may have, he is not required to um, do a neder that she to take a vow that she is forbidden to derive any benefit from him. So he is not required to take take this neder. Um, however, if she won, and then after, uh, and then after. In second, right. So afterwards, if she decides, she may. Um, sorry, instead, instead of him taking the neder, she must take a shevua that is required of her, and then she is entitled to collect whatever she is owed. However, and then afterwards, if she so desires, she may return to her husband. Because the purchasers and the customers know that um, property that was sold to them was under um, the lien of the Ketuvah, and they caused themselves the loss by taking property that um, was under the, the lien of a ketuvah and money that was owed, in fact, to this woman. 
הבעל שם מכר נכסיו, ואחר כך כתבה אשתו ללוקח. דין ודברים אין לי עמך, והסכימה למעשיו, אף על פי שקנו ממנה, הרי זה טורפת. שלא כתבה לו, אלא שלא תהיה בינה לבין בעלה כתתה, ויש לה לומר, נהת רוח עשיתי לבעלי, אבל אם קיינו מיד האישה תחילה שאין לה שעיבוד על מקום זה, ואחר כך מכר אותם הבעל, אינה טורפת אותו. If an individual sold property, and then the woman um, agreed to sell the property and wrote to the customer, I have no claim against you. She may, nevertheless, collect the property due to her from this, um, from this sale. And this applies even when she um, affirmed her commitment with, commitment with some of top transaction or contractual act. And the reason for, for it, the reason why she can collect is because she only wrote this um, note to the purchaser only for there to be shalom bayit and for there not to be strife between her and her husband. And she can say and excuse herself by saying that she was intending again only to um, please her husband. However, a different rule applies if a purchaser enters an agreement directly with the women and she foregoes her lien on the property. Um, and she foregoes her lien on the property. Yes. If this um, agreement is affirmed with some type of um, transaction, and afterwards the husband sells the property to him, the woman does not have the ability to take the property because she agreed, uh, she entered into the agreement with the purchaser before her husband was involved. And she can't excuse herself by saying that she made these statements only to please her husband. דין ודברים אין לי עמך, ולא כתבה ולא הסכימה למעשיו, ונפסד המכר, וחזר הבעל ומכר לאיש אחר, בין אותה שדה ובין שדה אחרת, ואחר שמכר הבעל הסכימה למעשיו, וקנו מידה שאין לה שעיבוד על שדה זו, אינה יכולה לטרוף, שאינה יכולה לומר נחת רוח עשיתי לבעלי, שהרי בראשונה, כשלא רצתה, לא הלכה ברצון הבעל. So property sold to her husband um, and he told the women to write and, and the husband, hold on, sorry. So too, if her husband sold property and asked his wife to write to the purchaser, I have no claim to this property and the women refused, this causes the sale to be invalidated and then afterwards, if the husband sells the property, whether it was the same field that he sold previously or another field to a third individual, and then after the sale, the woman agreed that she has no claim to this field and um, affirmed it with some type of um, transaction, she may not, she doesn't have any claim to the assets and cannot expropriate the assets because she can't say that she did it simply to please her husband, since on the previous occasion, when she did not want to waive 
her right to the assets. She did not follow her husband, what her husband desired. Um, therefore, she has no claim to these um, assets. Halakha Yod Dalid. ומחרצדהו וכשתחזור השדה לראשונה, חוזר הלוקח ומוציאה מידה, שהרי קנו לו, וחוזרת, וחוזרות חלילה, עד שיעשו פשרה ביניהם. If an individual had two wives and sold his field, and the purchaser entered into a, a, um, a contractual act or a transaction with one of the wives, waving her lien to this field, in the manner in which the transaction was valid and the women no longer had um, the privilege um, to claim that she did it merely to please her husband. Afterwards, the husband dies or divorced um, both of his wives. The second wife can um, expropriate the property from the purchaser because she did not enter in enter into any agreement with the purchaser. And the first wife, therefore, can um, expro expro expropriate <coughs> the property from the second wife because she had a prior claim to it and only waived her lien in regards to the pur purchaser, not in regards to the second wife. Therefore, when the property comes into possession of the first wife, the purchaser then can take away the property from her because she made an agreement with him. And then the second wife can then again take um, the assets away from the purchaser and the cycle continues until they reach a compromise amongst themselves. And ideally a three-way compromise would um, be ideal again, but any um, compromise between the parties um, that may cause, even one that may cause one of the parties to renounce their rights to um, take the property is enough to stop this um, circular cycle. Halakha Yod Vav. Almana, Ben Min Hanisuin Ben Min Ha'erusin. נשבעת ומוכרת מקרתה בעלה ונפרעת כתובתה בין בבית דין מומחה, בין בבית דין שאינן מומחה. If there is a widow, regardless of whether she was widowed from the Erusin or the Nisuin, she can take a Shavua and sell the land um, that belongs to her husband and collect uh, the money that is due to her from the Kituva, whether it be from a Betin from an expert bedin or um, a bedin that are not expert, the sale can be carried out from any um, from either bedin. Behu she and 
And this is done, Hamim instituted this because um, in general, back in the day, judicial proceedings was, um, was difficult and in a way embarrassing for women and they felt that rather to subject this poor widow um, to even more dis distress, um, we any bedin um, can carry out um, this um, trial and this transaction for her to collect the money that is due to her of the ketuvah by selling his property even though he um, is deceased. And these, um, these judges, these non-expert judges, um, have to be um, three trustworthy men who know how to value um, land or know how to value real estate. And the responsibility of the sale of the estate um, falls um, on the falls to the heirs. And this is um, relevant because if there's a creditor of the individual who passed away, the heirs are responsible to reimburse um, and pay off the creditor. However, a divorcee cannot make this sale only in um, a uh, court with expert judges. And whenever a woman does um, this type of sale, she cannot do this sale um, unless a public announcement has been made. And as we'll see, Be'ezat Hashem in um, laws regarding loans, the guidelines for the sales of property will be expounded upon. However, when a woman sells property without the court being involved, a public announcement is not necessary. However, it is necessary to consult with three individuals who are um, trustworthy and know um, how to value real estate. If a widow sold um, her land um, for, for the money for which she is owed for the ketuvah privately, if um, sold at the proper value, her the transaction um, is binding and she must do a shivuat al mana um, after the sale. And she in the shivuat al mana al mana is simply that, that she has to do um, is that she has to do the oath as we that we mentioned required of all widows um, before collecting money due um, to the due by virtue of her having the ketubah. And, and this applies if she sold it to another individual. However, if she 
took it as her own property after she valued it. Um, what she did has no significance, um, even if she announced the sale um, after she took the property for her own. If the if in the above situation that the women's ketuvah was two hundred and she sold property that was worth one hundred for two hundred or property that was worth two hundred for one hundred, she received the value of her ketubah and is no longer owed anything. And she provided that she um, does the shivuat al mana. However, if her ketubah was for 100 and she sold the property and she sold property worth 101 for 100, the sale is cancelled and she is not in this, there is no transaction. Even if she told, even, and this is even if she said that she'll, um, Return the outstanding dinar to the heirs because she had no right to sell any property that is war worth more than the kituvah when she sold it um, for um, one hundred and one. However, again, in the prior cases, um, the kituvah was worth two hundred and she sold it for one hundred, or the property uh, was worth. Um, or the property that was worth 200, she sold for 100, which was the amount of, which was less than the amount of Rikituba. However, in this case, um, the Ketuba was 100 and she sold property that was more. Her sale is null and void. If her ketubah was worth 400 zoos and she sold um, and she sold property in second Okay, if her ketubah was worth 400 zoos and she sold four pieces of property, three that were worth 100 um, each for 100, and she sold it for 100 each, and one that was worth 101 and she sold it for 100, the last sale is null and void, but the previous three are binding. A woman has the ability to sell her ketubah or to give it as a gift. If 
So if the husband dies or divorces her, the person who purchased the ketubah is entitled to come and collect the money. Um, but if she dies in the lifetime of her husband, um, or she, um, or before she takes the shivua required of um, almanot, she is not. This individual who bought the ketubah is not entitled to anything. Hare shemachra miktsat miktsat ketubata o mishkena miktsat ketubata o natena laacher miktsat ketubata mocheret mikarka baala vetikbe hashar ben bevedin mumche ben bishloshan neemanim umocheret lichtubata afilu peamim rabot ben bevedin ben bishloshan neemanim veyodein shumat hakarka. Despite the fact that a woman um, sold the rights to her ketubah and may have and used them as a security or um, gave them as a present, she may sell the property um, belonging to her husband and collect the remainder of the money due to the ketubah. And this sale can be carried out in the court of three um, expert judges or um, in a court of three trustworthy people who know um, who know how to value uh, property. And a woman also can sell um, portions of her husband's property multiple times, and this sale can also um, be carried out in a court of three expert judges or in a court of three trustworthy people who know how to value property. Halachachaf, final halacha. An important caveat for this entire chapter is that if a woman sells her ketubah, whether to another person or if she sold it to her husband, she does not forfeit the other rights that the ketubah um, provides her with. And the other rights, as we mentioned, are the right um, for medical attention and her right to support and the other rights that we mentioned in the previous chapters. So too, if the woman has a son and she dies before her husband does, the son inherits the worth of the ketubah, even though it was sold from his father's estate, in addition to his share of the estate of whatever he inherits. However, if a woman forfeits um, her ketubah um, to her husband, in favor of her husband rather, she forfeits all the privileges associated with her ketubah, and her husband is not required to provide her with anything, even with basic um, sustenance that she um, may that she that he is obligated to provide her with um, because of the ketubah. And the waiving of a woman's ketubah 
to her husband does not require any transaction does not requ- and does not require any witnesses. Kishar kol hamohalim and this is um, this follows uh, the um, rule for any forfeiture of um, of any obligation that does not require witnesses or a transaction. Rather, it is may be done simply through one's words. And this is provided that these words that he says and forfeits his rights to the obligation is um, done in seriousness and um, logically um, and is not done uh, simply jokingly or um, rhetorically or facetiously or in any other manner which would indicate that this individual does not really intend to forfeit his rights. Maruha Adonai Amen Amen.